0: Here is Dr. Arnold with today's message.
1: So the title of today's message is called Faith or Folly. Faith or Folly. There's a thin line between faith and foolishness, and sometimes I have not been able to discern the difference myself. But I had a reckless abandonment to faith, where I was just so convinced that God was in everything that I did, I didn't worry about anything. And I didn't even know what I wanted to be. But I knew there's got to be something more to life than just getting up and going to work and coming home and eating and going to bed. And then that same old routine, day in and day out, there got to be something more to life. I had a lot of learning to do. But we have been covering here in the book of Hebrews in the last couple meetings about the assurance of our salvation. Because, you see, assurance of our salvation is critical before we can serve the Lord. You have to know that you're saved. You have to be really sure of that. Because if you're not sure you're saved, what kind of a message are you going to present to anyone else? So people that are not real sure of their salvation only magnify that into the minds of everybody they talk to. Because if you're not sure, how are you going to convince someone else? I know I have eternal life. I know that I'm going to heaven when I die. So once you understand that and you're grounded in that, that's, uh, that's a good thing. Because that will bring you peace of mind. Now God made promises to many of his people in the Old Testament. And it's interesting to read those heroes of faith as you study chapter 11 of the God's Hall of Faith chapter. No Hall of Fame, but a Hall of Faith individuals who have not only trusted in the Lord for their salvation, but they, they wanted to do something for God. And I used to go down here to the Bible bookstore here in Athens and when Buell Cummins used to run it back in 1961, 62. And I would sit there in the corner and read some of the books off the shelves, the missionary books. And I kept thinking, Lord, if you can use them, why can't you use me? And I wanted so desperately to be used of God. But I didn't feel qualified. Because I hadn't finished high school, and I didn't have any talents, and I didn't have any abilities. How can God use me? And I felt like I had been shortchanged, because I didn't have anything special that I could do. I could not see down the road, because I didn't know that God wanted to use me more than I wanted to be used. And that really blessed my little pea heart when I found out that God was looking for a man. When I read in the book of Ezekiel where he says, God searched for a man and could not find one. To stand in the gap, but he couldn't find anybody. I've always thought, well, like I've heard, if, if you don't serve the Lord, God will just get somebody else. Well, you know, there's not always somebody else. Because there was a time when God couldn't find anybody. I believe there's a lot more could be done if God could only find a man. And the Bible tells us in the book of Chronicles that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth looking for a man that God can show himself strong on their behalf. In other words, God just looking for somebody. But the person has to be yielded to the Lord to give up whatever they have and whatever they want, whatever they want to be, and say, Lord, I just want your will for my life and God is simply looking for somebody who wants to be used now here in the book of Hebrews are a list of people called people that lived by faith because see after you have got yourself grounded in the area of salvation you know that salvation is one thing serving the Lord is another thing But you never mix the two together. Never think that you're saved because you're serving. Because when you stop serving, you no longer think you're saved. You're saved by grace. Unmerited favor. You don't deserve it. You're saved because Christ died on the cross, paid for your sins, and gave you eternal life as a free gift. Saved means you're saved from hell. means you can't go there. Being saved means you're going to heaven when you die. And being saved means you have eternal life and God will never cast you out and never lose you so that you can know that you're going to heaven and whenever you die, salvation is free. When it comes to service, service is after you've been saved and now you make up your mind. What do you want to do with your life? You can either serve God or serve the devil. It's a decision that I had to make and everybody has to make. You say, well, I'm not going to make any decision. No decision is a decision. Now, I had to come to a conclusion. I knew that my future was going to be just like my past if I didn't make a change. And I'm so glad that I didn't have much to sacrifice to give up to serve the Lord. I was 18 when I trusted the Lord, but I decided after I trusted the Lord, I want the will of God for my life. Now, nobody else can make you want that. Nobody else can make you trust the Lord. Nobody else can make you serve the Lord. It's a personal thing. Believe it or not, Service is living by faith. Now, you're saved by faith. That's because you put your faith in Jesus Christ, your trust in Him to save you. That's His job, to save you, take you to heaven when you die. And God said He gives you eternal life. That's separate. Now, I did that 47 years ago. Never have to do that again. Now the question comes down is, what am I going to do with my life? So living my life by faith is a very important thing because it's what God sees. Now you and I, we look around this room and you can see those fans going around. You can see a screen up there. You can see an organ over here. And you can see the piano over here. And you can see this microphone here. You can see me standing up here. You can look and see who sat beside you. You can see the pew. See, so you can see all these things in here. And you say, that's real. This is real because I can see it. But you see, in the eyes of God, there's one thing that God sees that's more real than anything else. God sees faith. Now, I can't show you my faith. Show me your faith. Without your good works, I wouldn't know you had faith at all. So that's why he says in James, Show me thy faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. So the only way I can show people that I have faith in God is by what I do, because you can't see my faith. You can only see the results of my faith. But there's a God in heaven that made the statement when he was here, that when he was walking along and this woman came up behind him, and in a crowd, a multitude of people up against him and pushing and shoving and all this, and one woman reached out and she touched the hem of his garment, but she touched him by faith, and he turned around and said, who touched me? Remember the story? Disciple says, what do you mean, who touched you? Lord, everybody here touched you. No, no, somebody touched me. Because she touched him because of faith. See, God can see faith. God says there in verse 1 of Hebrews in chapter 11, He says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is a substance. Faith is as real as this podium. Faith is as real as my Bible. Faith is as real as this microphone. Faith is as real as that water. Faith is as real as that wall. Faith is real. Faith is something, it's something God sees. As God looks down upon us, He's looking for one thing in all of His children more than anything else. He's looking for your faith. When he makes a statement in the book of Luke, when Christ return, will he find faith upon the earth? Faith upon the earth. People who believe him. People who believe what he promised. Does most of the people that know Christ as Savior he live like they believe His promises? See, the promises of God are true. God cannot lie. Faith is believing those promises. Do you think God in heaven knows when you and I believe His word, believe what He promised? If you and I really believe what God promised, why don't we put that into practice? practice what we preach. He makes a statement here in verse 3. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. The word the word worlds refers to ages, dispensations. Through faith we understand. You ever hear people say, "I just don't understand why God did this. I don't understand why God did that. Why do I have to go through this? Or why do I got to go through that?" I don't understand. Well, faith cometh by what? Hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So for faith to grow, or even to exist, there has to be a knowledge of the Word of God. So we read the Word of God so we'll understand the promises of God so that we can put our confidence, our faith in God. The quality of our lives is going to be in direct ratio to the caliber of the faith that you have in what God promised So if you don't know the promises of God, you're not going to trust God for anything. And the more you know, the more you can trust. The more you can trust, the more you'll have. And the greater results. You know what really impressed me about the book of Hebrews in chapter 11? It's not a list of these people, as he goes down through here, and what they did. But what they did was great. And that's what we're to focus upon. But what caught my eye was what wasn't mentioned. What wasn't there? Look there in verse 4. Anybody ever heard of Abel? You know, Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel. Cain got mad and killed Abel. But it says in verse 4, By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. Now get this. Now look in verse 38 of chapter 10. Now the just shall live by faith. In the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 4, is where this verse comes from. The just shall live by faith. The just is explained in the book of Romans. Shall live is explained in the book of Galatians. By faith is explained in the book of Hebrews. One verse in the Old Testament takes three books in the New Testament to explain what he means. Who are the just? That's those who have trusted Christ as Savior and have been justified. Shall live. Not die, shall live. I've had so many people say, well, I'm willing to die for the Lord. God hasn't asked you to die for Him. He's asked you to live for Him. I came to the conclusion years ago that if I would serve the Lord today, then tomorrow I'll be in the will of God. And when I serve the Lord that day, then I will be in the will of God. And as my life is lived, and then I look back and say, I have given my life to God. But it says, the just shall live by faith. And so now he's taking a whole chapter telling you, what do you mean? How do you live by faith? You take God at his word. But you notice in chapter 11 and verse 4, it doesn't say anything about his wife. His kids. Doesn't say anything about the house he lived in. Doesn't say anything about the car he drove. I should say the camel he rode. Doesn't say how many donkeys that he had. How many dogs he had. Doesn't talk about how much money he was able to put in the bank. Because God sees faith. God saw that he had faith in him. That is what impresses God. All the possessions that you have doesn't impress God one iota. God is not impressed with our homes, and God is not impressed with our vehicles we drive. God is not impressed with our bank accounts. Because when we stand before the Lord, none of that matters. You won't find any of that in none of these verses. Because that's not important. You see, we see with the eye the things of the world. But he says, when you live by faith, we we see beyond this world. And you're looking at more than just with a naked eye. Because we see things that others don't see. And you believe what God's word says. And so you take what you have and you use it for God's honor and for God's glory. Now notice what he says in verse 5. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death. And was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony. He pleased God. See, what is the most important thing that this man did in his life? See, Abel, he, he pleased God because he offered the sacrifice God told him to offer. God's pleased with that. God put him in the book. God's going to reward him when he, see, when he gets to heaven, he gets rewarded. It wasn't what he had. It's, it's what he did by faith. He took God at his word. He believed God. Enoch, he loved the Lord so much. And he had such a testimony in his life that he pleased God. And God says, one day he was walking along. He was and he what? He was not. I wonder what that means. He existed and all of a sudden he was gone. Translated, out of this world, be me up Scotty, gone. No failures. Because he did one thing, he pleased God. See, pleasing God, and that's why he says in verse 6, and you ought to look at verse 6 very closely. But without faith it is impossible to please him. You see, the Bible says this in the book of Revelation in chapter uh, 4. For we are created by Him and for Him for His pleasure. We're created to please God. If I am created to please God, then my goal in life is not to find what pleases me. And most people live their lives trying to figure out what makes them happy. What do they want to do with their life? And they fail to understand that when you trusted Christ as your Savior, you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Your body belongs to God. Your spirit belongs to God. You've been bought and paid for. If there's things that you do in your life that doesn't please God, you ought to stop. You ought to correct it. We'd have a revival in this country if God's people would examine their lives and stop doing the things that doesn't please God. Whatever it is, just stop it. I don't care if it's habits, where you talk, places you go, friends you have. Some people need to make make some separation, corrections in their life because it doesn't please God. But see, most people today say, I don't care what pleases God. It's whatever makes me happy. I mean, this is my life. Don't try to tell me how to live my life. I got news for you. It's not yours. You don't belong to you. You belong to God. And you cannot live as you please and get away with it because your heavenly Father is going to beat the tar out of you. But get what he says in verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe, must believe that he is, that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Rewarder, it means, uh, God's going to give you rewards. Keep us in mind. Salvation, going to heaven, that's a gift of God. You don't earn that. You don't work for that. Salvation, God saving you from hell, that was free. No charge to you. That's what gets you to heaven. Now that we're going to heaven, God wants us to have rewards when we get to heaven. So to have rewards, and I must believe that God is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Diligently seek to please God. Now, nobody else can make you do that. It's a personal thing. But we're so easily influenced by other people that if sometimes our closest friends don't serve God, we don't either. That's when you have to drop your friend because they're not worth what's going to cost you. You've got to make up your mind, what does he mean to me? Jesus Christ died for you, not your best friend, not your mama, not your aunts and uncles, not your husband and not your wife and not your kids. You owe your devotion, your loyalty to one person. That's Jesus Christ and him alone. And you should honor him and serve him regardless of whatever it may cost you in this life. And if you have to sever certain things, then let it be. Because one day when all of life is over and you're before the Lord, you're going to be glad you did what God wanted you to do with your life. By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen. See, this is what faith is. You don't see it. Physically with the natural eye. They may never have even seen rain up until this point. He said he moved with fear. Moved with fear is the same as he moved by faith. By faith he believed what God says. There's coming a judgment. There's going to be a flood. God told him to build an ark. So he worked on it for 120 years. Built an ark. Prepared an ark to the saving of his house. By the which he condemned the world. Because he demonstrated his faith in the Lord. He Came heir of the righteousness which is of faith. But you know what you don't find here in this verse? All of the wealth and possessions that Noah owned. And the reason is because see, that's not what God focuses upon. God wants you to believe his promise. If you believe the promise of God, let me ask you this. I did it not long ago. How many believe Jesus Christ could come back at any moment? You believe that? Let me see your hand. All right, you believe it. Do you live like it? You don't want to be someplace, do something, say something, think something. You shouldn't be thinking when Jesus Christ comes. You don't want to be treating people in a way that you shouldn't treat people when Jesus Christ comes. Since you don't know exactly when he's going to come, he can come at any moment. Shouldn't that change and affect how you live? I believe it should. How many of you believe that whenever we're caught up to meet the Lord in the air, we will stand then at the judgment seat of Christ? You believe you're going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ? Let me see your hand. Let me see All right? You believe that. When you stand in the judgment seat of Christ, that's a rewarding stand where God's going to reward you for what you did. And you're going to suffer the loss of what you could have had. And these rewards are eternal rewards. And God is going to reward you for what you did here. You see, if I really believe this, it'll affect what I do here. So you're going to really live your life here according to what you really believe. And God says, will he find faith upon the earth? Will his children believe his promises? You know, we don't have to straighten out the world. We're not going to straighten out the world. We're not even going to win the world of Christ. The Bible doesn't even tell us to win the world of Christ. It tells us to preach the gospel to every person because you can't win anybody that doesn't want to be won. You can only present the truth and the individual has to decide whether or not they will or they will not believe that message. I am not held responsible for people's choices. I don't believe one person will ever go to hell because of me. I believe but a lot of people will go to heaven because of me. You see, they're already lost. They're already condemned. They're already going to hell. And I can't change that. But one thing I can change, if I serve the Lord, I believe I can make a difference in how many go to heaven. They're not going to hell because of me, but they can go to heaven because of me we're left here in this world so that we can affect people's lives. So that we can get people to understand and trust the Lord. And to have eternal life. Most important thing in the world. But Noah doesn't talk about a lot of the things in the world. He only talks about when they trust the Lord. They believe what God said. And you get into the biggest one of all here in, about Abraham. God called him to go into a country that he'd never seen before. But he just believed what God said and he left the early the and Went up to Heron and then on down into Israel. Thousand mile journey. Just trusting God. And he says that he believed that there would be a country. A building. A city. That God was going to have. Look what he says in verse 13. These all died in faith. Not having received the promises in their lifetime. But having seen them afar off. Were persuaded of them. And embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. See, we're just pilgrims and strangers here in this world. We're just the passing through. And there's things that God wants us to do while we're here. Life is so short. Life is so short. And we're getting older, and, and time is running out. And we want to try to see how much can we accomplish for the Lord while we can. But though you may not seem like you're accomplishing a lot, did you know that God looks down upon every person... Just think, every person in this room, God looking down upon you. God knows what you believe and don't believe. He knows whether you love him or you don't love him. And we can fool one another, but you don't fool him. And God's the one that's going to honor you. He says, if any man serve me, him will my Father honor. Pretend like I'm God, okay? We're just pretending. I'm the Lord. And I tell you, look. I want you in this room, I want you to know that I can't lie. I'm God, I cannot lie. I'm going to make you a promise. I promise you that if you'll serve me, you will be blessed while you're here. And if you'll serve me, I'll reward you when you get to heaven. But in serving me, you may have to suffer a lot. But the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that's going to be revealed when you get to heaven. And when you get to heaven, every one of you that served me will receive praise, honor, and glory. You'll be greatly rewarded. And you'll rule and reign with me in my new kingdom that I'm going to set up. He says, all I want you to do is trust me. Believe me. And then he gives us his word and he tells us all these things in here. Things to do and things not to do. And then I'm gone. The ball is in your court. In other words, I have hit you the ball and now you've got to do something with it. You can either say yes I will, no I won't but the decision is yours. Nobody can make it for you. And it demonstrates your faith in what God says. Is this The Word of God or is it not the Word of God? Does God lie or does He not? Your service to God reveals what you really believe. If you don't serve the Lord with all your heart, then you don't believe what God says. Because He says, if a man will serve me and honor me, He says, him will my Father honor and bless. I want the blessings of God upon me here and I want the rewards when I get to heaven. And I haven't seen anybody, no Christian, go against God and win. I have not lived long enough and done enough funerals where I've seen people that say, I'm so sorry I served the Lord. I'm so sorry I dedicated my life to the Lord. But buddy, I've seen a lot of the other kind. Where people say, man, I wish I'd have done more. I wish I'd have served the Lord. When they realize that the days are numbered. Concerning salvation, keep that separate from service. This hand represents you and me. This wallet represents sin. We all have sin upon us. God, he loves us, but he hates our sin. And the reason is because, see, our sins have to be paid. Since we committed the sins, uh, that's our responsibility. And the payment for sin is eternal separation from the Lord in a place called hell. And God loves us and doesn't want us to go to hell. To go to heaven, we have to be perfect, as righteous as God. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's righteous. And God can't let us into heaven because of our sin. The Bible says you cannot earn eternal life. You cannot work your way to heaven. The only thing God accepts as a payment is death. Since we've all sinned, we're all condemned. We're all in the same boat. This end represents Jesus Christ. He's God in the flesh. He came into this world because He loves us. He hates our sin because it separates us from Him. So what Christ did for one person, he did for everybody. He took all the sins of the world, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead, and said that if we believe he did it for us, he'd put the payment to our account and we'd get to go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did for us. There's no tricks to that, no gimmicks. If I offered you my wallet and you accept, you'd have a wallet. If Jesus Christ walked in here and offered you eternal life and you accept, you would have eternal life. And if it's eternal life, it lasts forever. If it lasts forever and all of your sins are paid, where would you go when you die? Go to heaven. Can you know you're going to heaven before you die? Yes. That's what all this is about. Let's pray, shall
0: we? Telling someone how to go to heaven is the greatest thing we can do in this life. To prepare you, Pastor Yankee Arnold is offering you his book, Gospel Driven Man, absolutely free. Gospel Driven Man explains in simple steps how to successfully share the gospel. To get your free copy of Gospel Driven Man, write to Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida 33634. Or email Yankee Arnold at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family.
1: And every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up.
0: Amazing grace amazes me.